Hello, dearest listener. You have tuned in to At Your Peril by Arthur McBain and Owen Jenkins. Before we begin, a parish notice. A warning. What you are about to hear may terrify and horrify you to the very core of your being. It may also involve content unsuitable for children, those with a nervous disposition, or wimps. If you must, turn off your receiver now. No? In that case, we shall begin at your peril. Have you ever sat gazing out at the sea, consumed with profound curiosity? What stories and myths does the vast ocean hold? How many are secret and yet to be told? Are there tales of monsters where no one survives? Are there MI5 pirates with top secret lives? Are there dangers and menace the world doesn't know? On its watery top or its depths down below? Are there stories we've simply forgotten by time? And is this whole podcast completely in rhyme? So many questions go round in your head. Will you get every answer before you are dead? Well, no, to be honest, there just isn't time. And yes, this whole story is written in rhyme. I apologise if you find rhyming upsetting, but that's what I've gotten, so that's what you're getting. I'll offer some comfort to soften the blow. A nautical tale? I don't think you'll know. So sit back, relax, and I'll tell you my story. It's just a bit fishy and quite a lot gory. A cautionary tale of life on a ship that will make you think twice before taking a dip. A story of oceans most fearsome and feral. So, if you're all set, we'll begin at your peril. Hoist the sail, me hearties. The wind's blowing east, said Captain McStab, a bit of a beast. Yes, lads, hurry up. There's treasure to hunt, said his right-hand man Jim, a bit of a contemptible guy. But how do we know which way's east, which way's west, said slow-minded Barty, trying his best. Leave that to your captain, old Barty, my chum. You keep the deck swabbed, and then ration the rum. I'll charter the course with my compass and map. And if that don't work, I shall download the app. What are you on about, Captain? Oh, never mind. As heave ho now, Barty. We've riches to find. There's no time to waste. The wind's on our side. Right away, Captain, the young Barty cried. Their ship careened out the dock of a bay where the pirates had been on a brief holiday. They'd spent a few days having fun on dry land. They had danced, they had sung, they had plotted and planned. But the time had now come to start cruising once more. For the pirate's life is a life off the shore. The loot that the captain was coveting for, a blind man had told him of some nights before. Excuse me, good sir, could you buy me an ale? But why? If you do, I will tell you a tale. I'm Captain McStab. A myth amongst men. And you're a blind codger. 
So tell me again, what's in it for me, if I lend you this pleasure? The tale I tell, it involves buried treasure. Not just any old loot, it's the hall of your dreams. You'll have so much gold that you'll burst at the seams. Not just any old gold, they're Aztec pieces. Through time, the gold's value, it only increases. So, listen to me and take heed of my plan. An oil guarantee that you'll die a rich man. But before I proceed, please buy me a drink. My throat is so parched, I need something to sink. So after some thought, the captain conceded and purchased the ale that the old man had needed. He set himself down to hear the strange plan from the ageing and short-sighted, thirsty old man. Right, here we go. <sighs> oh, lovely ale that is. McStab agreed with a big gulp of his. Now, <clears throat> not long ago, so the legend is told, an Aztec king had a loathing for gold. His name was King Tars, and let's not misconstrue, he hated the chemical symbol AU. He said, If I see even one tiny coin, the offender shall get a sharp stick to the groin. Now where it all started, old Tars never said. But it didn't take long for the rumours to spread. At school, he was whipped by a long golden cane. I heard he's allergic. It gives him back pain. He just thinks the world is materialistic and sees himself somewhat less capitalistic. Nah, he's colourblind. He just doesn't know what's gold or what's silver. So it all had to go. Whatever the reason that King Taz refused, it all left his treasurers deeply confused. No gold is allowed, says his guardsmen like parrots. Even his chefs were forbade to cook carrots. His word was as God. He had autonomy. But, sir, this is bad for our economy. Our mines are filled with gold, no! gilt, metal stuff. Uh, with all of it banished, life's getting quite tough. There's poor everywhere. They have nothing to eat. They've nowhere to live. Look. They're sat on the street. Oh, yes. Well, I'll try to think up a solution. And did on his regular morning ablution. Slave, wipe up my bottom. And once you've done that, go fetch me the treasurer. We need to chat. It's me, sir. With no economical growth, uh, we sacked the bum wiper. So now I do both. Oh, good. There you are. Well, I've just had a thought. I know we don't earn quite as much as we ought... So let's prepare one of our big sailing boats and fill it with gold <laughs> till it just about floats. Then sell off the crap which caused all this trouble. And to make some more money, let's price it up double. A great idea, Toz. Yes, well done, my grace. I wish I had thought of that in the first place. The kingdom began to load up the craft until fully stocked and thoroughly staffed. The ship left the port and the weather was great. The villagers dreamt of fresh pieces of eight. Two days of smooth sailing, two days of good form, were soon overshadowed by one fuck-off storm. They were shoved here and there, they were soaked through and through. Get the boat to joy land, entreated the crew. And sure enough, just left of starboard they saw, an island that no one had noticed before. It was scary and tall and surrounded by rock which made it quite hard for the captain to dock 
The boat's wooden hull was now in a bad way. Will the ship sail again, sir? That's too hard to say. But somehow, with skill and with plenty of strain, they docked the big boat through the wind and the rain. They clambered the rocks, laid the gold on the sand. I can't help but feel this plan's got out of hand. So, first thing is first, with no boat we are screwed. Especially at this most remote latitude. We just need to find somewhere safe for the gold, while we work on the ship, it can't stay in the hold. Let's just dig a hole. Lad, what use would that be? We could bury the treasure inside it. I see. Then we mark out the place with an X on the beach and come back as soon as we've mended the breach. What a thoroughly clever idea I just had. But sir, it was me. Just get digging, my lad. I must say, this is such a good ale. Enough of the beer. What's the end of the tale? Well, sorry, there isn't much more I can tell. However it ended, it didn't end well. You see, from that whole crew of strong, healthy men, not one of them ever was heard from again. Well, that is the end. Tell me, what do you think? And since we have stopped, how about one more drink? It's all very well telling me this is true. But where is the proof, since there isn't a crew? You said that each man on that fated ship died. So, how do I know that you haven't just lied? The old man fell silent. It hung in the air. He slapped down a coin. Have a look at that there. McStab picked the coin up, and to his surprise... Some Aztec gold glinted in front of his eyes. He did have his doubts that it could be a fake, like one of those chocolate ones that they make. He gave it a bite. Sure enough, it was real. So tell me, old man, what's the catch? What's the deal? What strange affair led you to have this rare bling? And how do you know all about this old thing? And do tell me this, now I'm having a think. If you've got your own gold... Why not buy your own drink? McStab, you are wise, I shall give that to you. You ask the right questions, and yes, there is a few. I warn you, my answer might seem quite far-fetched, but rest ye assured, not one fact here is stretched. I'm a magical prophet. I sight-read the stars. Orion's belt guides me when merging with Mars. I can see you've glazed over and think that this news is just what you hear from old blokes on the booze. And yes, in my time I'll admit I have sinned. I have often been two or three sheets to the wind. But McStab, in good faith, I am telling the truth. And this Aztec coin is my one piece of proof. The story I told came to me in a trance. I was just as reluctant as you at first glance. But I looked far beyond my initial pretense. And everything seemed to begin making sense. I marked out the route on this map that I've got. From the port where they left to X marks the spa. I went there alone in my trusty canoe to prove to myself that my vision was true. And can you believe it? I got to the aisle and climbed up the rocks, though it took quite a while, located the beach where they hid all the gold and found the same X, though by now pretty old. I dug for six 
hours without any rest until I discovered a gilded gold chest. And inside the chest, so my vision had told, were piles upon piles upon piles of gold. The problem I had was that I was too weak to lift up the chest, for I've not the physique. Thus many weeks passed of this terrible grind, till birds pecked my eyes out and rendered me blind. By that point I thought I should call it a day, but filled up my pockets with coins on the way. Dishevelled and sightless I found my way back. At least I brought with me a small golden stack. I frittered away all the coins except one. I dream of that booty, McStab. I'm not done. To lift out that chest, I need me a crew. And that's why I'm telling my story to you. Your guy's drinking here, so I know you've got plenty. Let's strike up a pact. You take 80, me 20. If tell ye the truth and your legend is real, then I must admit that's a pretty sweet deal. What say you, McStab? Are you in on the plan? I haven't got long, I'm a very old man. But how do I know that this isn't some trap? Let's shake on it now. I'll give you the map. See, how could I cross you? I'll be by your side. I accept. It's a deal. McStab soon replied. The old man then offered his hand and they shook. I'll get us that treasure by hook or by crook. We'll die filthy rich once we've pulled out that chest. I love an adventure. I love me a quest. And that's how McStab and his crew got thus far. Um, Captain? Yes, Jim? Do you know where we are? Well, yes, I think so. Damn, this old codger's map. The crew's getting restless. I'm worried they'll snap. The rum's running out and it's caused quite a frost. A rumour has started that, well, that we're lost. That's nonsense. And, sir? Won't you get off my beard? Well, everyone thinks that the blind man is weird. We're low on our rations, we're stuck out at sea, and still we've no clue where this island might be. Conditions are bad. It's this blasted sea mist. Did we take a wrong turn? Will you cease and desist? I followed the old bugger's map by the book. We've been here for weeks. Wait, Jim. Shut up and look. Oh, what is it, sir? Pass my telescope now. There's land, oh, right there, but we'd missed it somehow. My God, sir, I see it. McStab, yes, you're right. Assemble the crew, Jim. The island's in sight. So all the crew gathered, each man at his post. The vessel got nearer the high, rocky coast. That's it, boys! The old man had started to yell. I can't see it, but I remember the smell. Along with the smell that accosted the crew, the strangest of sounds soon enraptured them too. A slow-minded Barty first noticed the noise. It's beautiful singing. You hear that too, boys? His shipmates conferred and agreed that they could. That is singing, Barty. The singer's quite good. It's sounding to me like the singer's a dame. I hope that we meet and I find out her name. You find out her name, Barty, if that's your bag. <laughs> then meanwhile, I'll woo her and give her a shout. 
cure. It really is nice singing, isn't it? The crew all fell silent, so deeply engrossed, that the ship kept on sailing full pelt at the coast. We're crashing the ship, lads! Oh, Christ, look alive! If we hit those rocks, there's no way we'll survive! Each man, one by one, was aroused from their days, except slow-minded Barty, who stayed in his haze. We must slow down quick, drop the sails, man the oars, for these are some top-level dangerous shores. The crewmen heave-hoed hard with all of their might, and against all the odds, stock the ship up just right. For shivery timbers, that was a close call. Now let's scope out that treasure. Let's haul us that haul. The crew in high spirits set off on their climb. T'was arduous work, but they made quite good time. Till finally they made it onto a beach. The old man exclaimed, Yes, the treasure's in reach. In minutes they'd spotted the X on the floor. They dug and they dug like they'd never before, till all of a sudden one spade made a thump. The chest! They all cried with a clap and a jump. Right ho, here we go. Lift the chest out, take care. There's likely to be a small fortune in there. Oh, it's heavy. Oh, Christ! Yes, it's full, there's no doubt. They huffed and they puffed and they pulled the chest out. My God! Look at that! Well, blow me! I'm in tears. There is so much gold here that we'll shit it for years. And as they all leered at the gold they just earned, that same sultry mystical singing returned. But louder this time, its draw more effective. It made all the crew fall mute and reflective. At once all the buccaneers landed their eyes on... An angel. A beauty. There, on the horizon. With long, luscious hair and a silky complexion, in one simple glance she had won their affection. A third rhyming line can't convey her perfection. I'll let that be done by young Barty's erection. However you say it, it's needless to say, each one of the shipmates went marching her way. But only the Captain McStab stood his ground. We picked up the loot. Let's get homeward bound. Stop floundering, lads. We're here on a job, not flouncing about with our loins on a throb. By now the whole crew was so close they could touch the spellbinding maiden they fancied so much. My goodness, fair maiden. I don't think I've seen a lady with eyes so alluringly green. Was it you we heard singing back on the ship's deck? She nodded. I thought so, but wanted to check. Uh, look, I'm not great at this whole dating thing, but I'm so enamoured by you when you sing, and I was just wondering on the off chance whether you'd mind if I asked you to dance. Her face turned to Barty, and slowly she smiled and Barty was charmed, then bewitched, then beguiled. She took both his hands, moved her body close in. She wiggled her hips and gave Barty a grin. His eyes became hazy, enraptured with bliss. She puckered her lips to prepare for a kiss. If death strikes me now, 
I will die a blessed man. Well, that's good, she said. That is kind of the plan. Then just as their lips touched, she opened her jaw, and Barty recoiled at the sight which he saw. Her teeth were all sharp, and blood dripped off her tongue. She bit off his nose. This ain't like what you say. She tore off both ears, then she chewed on his face. His blood was soon spurting all over the place. The hypnotised crew were nonplussed by the sight. Oh, Christ! What is wrong? Don't you like my love bite? He screamed and he writhed in unfathomable pain. She shattered his skull so to feast on his brain. The crew were still hoodwinked obliviously, continued to watch her lasciviously. She next turned to Jim and she gnawed off his arm. Despite that, the crew was still under her charm. She gorged on his spleen as Jim drew his last breath, then waltzed through the men, a depraved dance of death. In turn, she consumed every man to the bone, till no one was left, and she stood all alone. Well, nothing quite causes me to salivate, like twenty fine seafarers to masticate. Then, covered in blood, she looked up to the skies, and roared to the heavens the shrillest of cries. She smelt some more human, and though she was drenched, her thirst for fresh blood had not even been quenched. The crew she devoured was only her brunch. McStab was in place on the menu for lunch. Hear my song from the sea. I need you and you. Oi, lads! Where have they gone? What the hell are they doing? McStab kicked the chest. He was angry and stewing. Why did they run off? I'm stuck here all alone. I can't shift this damn treasure chest on my own. Oh, dear me. Oh, crumbs. Well, that is bad luck, golly. The old man replied with the chest on a trolley. Hey, what's the idea? Are you trying to steal? Because 80% of that's mine. That's the deal. I did say that, didn't I? Oops. Well, I lied. (laughs) I'm taking this chest now, so thanks for the ride. And since the game's up, I'm almost inclined to tell you the truth that I'm not really blind. I'm not psychic either. Tis all just a ruse. And now the show's over, McStab, so you lose. King Tars is from my own ancestral bloodline. I'm heir to this gold, so it's rightfully mine. His yarn has been passed down through each generation, and our family wants rightful remuneration. I just needed help lifting it out of the pit, and your crew of goons were a suitable fit. Au revoir! No, you swine! Crew, come back over here! They'll not be able to help you, I fear. It looks like they've all sauntered away with that broad. I'd watch out for her, though she too is a fraud. I had to escape the last time I was here, and she made that whole Aztec crew disappear. Ta-ta! I must dash. I've got money to spend. I'd say see you soon, but, well, this is the end. To start with, I said that you'd die a rich man. And here on the beach, though, I guess you still can. But this gold is mine. It was more of a loan. I'm cashing it in now. You're all on your own. Farewell, sir. Good luck with that womanly demon. She's got a real habit for gobbling semen. I'd say that by now she's digesting your crew. 
but methinks she's left just enough room for you. He hopped on his trolley and sped right away, thus leaving the captain alone in dismay. And there in the distance, he saw with a squint the demonic girl breaking into a sprint, and soon she was merely a few yards away. Well, blow me, McStab. This just isn't your day. Oh, please stop your singing. I simply can't hack it. I'm vexed as it is without all that racket. She stopped in her tracks, and she stood paralysed, befuddled, bewildered, bamboozled, surprised. Wow. Never before has a man been immune to my charms or my song why they normally swoon. Oh, sure. You're all right. But your song ain't all that. The lyrics are lame, and your singing is flat. And through your facade, there's a hidden agenda. To go on a cannibal meat-eating bender. I bet life alone on this island is crappy. So ask yourself this. Deep inside, are you happy? If you just be yourself, then you could be quite nice. You did eat my mates, but we all have our vice. So swallow me all, I've got nowhere to go. Before you do that, I would like you to know that life is a gift. It's a blessing, a treat. You get what you give, and you are what you eat. Then nobody spoke for a minute or two, and neither of them had a clue what to do. For centuries men have been gawping at me, and none have orated so eloquently. I do hope that you don't think I'm being weird. You've got pretty eyes and the sexiest beard. So please, can I ask, I'm not taking the piss, I think that I'd quite like to give you a kiss. I'm still a bit miffed that you ate all my crew, but I must admit that you seem lovely too. So lovely, in fact, I just can't resist. And as the sun set on the beach, the two kissed. soon they became an inseparable pair. On all their adventures, the other was there. And as for the old man who'd nabbed all the gold, he died soon thereafter. He was rather old. The coins were soon sold to an Aztec museum, and they are on show for the whole world to see them. It's free to get in, as I've seen advertised. The museum, you see, is state-subsidised. McStab cared no more about treasure. He'd found... He felt rich enough with the siren around. And so this concludes this big poem I've penned. It's all finished now. It's all over. The end. Except that it wasn't. There's just a bit more. One final event that we cannot ignore. The years kept on passing and much stayed the same. Until something sinister came into frame. The wedding night of this most passionate pair, a darker intention, infected the air. The siren she simply could no longer wait. She cleaned off her knife and then grabbed a big plate. She'd made his death quick, for her love was legit. But now McStab's corpse was a roast on a spit. She'd reared the poor man like a prime wagyu steak. 
She dreamed for some time of the fine meat he'd make, so fat and so juicy and filled up on beer. The most tender cut will be here on his rear, or maybe... She said as her lips she did lick. I'll start this great feast with a chomp on his... was voiced by Owen Jenkins, Arthur McBain, Chris Jameson, and Grace Dunn. There we go. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe. And keep your eyes and ears peeled for the next episode. <laughs>